messages in the songs, and uh, what a blessing that our faith is in God. invite you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. When I was very young, we lived in Garden City, Minnesota. It was a town of about five, six, seven hundred people, just south of Rochester, Minnesota. And it's incredible um, the memories that my brothers and I have from that, although we lived there only three or four years. But um, when I was about four years old, uh, the boy, my brothers were in school, and my mom came and put some coins in my hand and said, Dennis, I want you to go over to Camp Store. We lived on one corner of the block, and Camp Store was the general store that was on the other corner of the block. And she said, I want you to get me some rubber bands. He'll know when, when you go there. And to me it was like, I'm this little whippersnapper and money, and this is stuff my brothers always did, you know. And she's trusting me to go, and, and this was a big adventure for me. And, and I went, I can still remember this, I went in there and I was nervous, and I kind of reached up and put the money on the counter, and Mr. Camp was there. And I said, my mom wants me to get some rubber bands. And he looked at me like, that's kind of strange. And he went and got some and gave them to me. And I pitter-patted back home and I was so proud of myself. I saw where some of you were going. You were thinking I was going to use the money to buy candy, right? I was still too innocent then, all right? And I was so proud of myself. And I went back home and I handed the rubber bands to my mom. And she said, I wanted Band-Aids. I heard her, but it didn't compute with me. I got half of it right, Band, band Band-Aids, rubber bands. And anyway, it was a joke. Mr. Camp laughed, Mom laughed, my brothers laughed. That's why I still remember it, all right? But I, I was so proud of what I had done, but I failed in the mission. I didn't do what I was sent to do. My life has been warped ever since then. No, just kidding. You've seen the things, the little clips, and you had one job to do, right? You've seen those? You only had one job to do, and... You messed it up. I am afraid that when we get to heaven, God may say to us, you only had one job to do. 
and you messed it up. And the job that He gave us to do is to proclaim the Gospel. That's the job that He's left us here. And every generation of Christians since Christ's time, one after another after another, has had that responsibility and will have that responsibility until the Lord comes. And honestly, this responsibility can be very, very frustrating. Often, we struggle even getting involved in it. We struggle even starting. And then once we do get involved, we struggle with disappointments. We think, what a daunting responsibility that he tells us to carry the gospel to the ends of the world. It is often very discouraging because you find people aren't eager to hear it. It often involves rejection. And honestly, it often comes to the point that we just give up. Because it's rejected, because it's received superficially and doesn't last, And in Mark chapter 4, he gives us a number of illustrations to encourage us in the work that he's called us to do. You know, earlier in Mark, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's his goal, to make us fishers of men, to carry the good news of the gospel so that everyone can sing, it is well with my soul. My sin is forgiven. I know it's behind me. And I know I have a home in heaven. And and yet, we often struggle with it. And so he gives a number of parables and accounts in Mark chapter 4. We're not going to read the chapter. You'll be studying it tonight in more detail. But you're familiar with the the first parable that he gives is about the sower. And rather than read it, today must be the day that that we have um, the congregation participate in song, okay? When our kids were little, there was a guy by the name of the Donut Man. Do any of you? Okay. One, two, three. But he had this song about the sower. So, here's how it's going to work. It may get mixed up on the way down, but we're going to work on singing this together. I'll say the first part, the sower... And you'll say, then you'll repeat after me. Just repeat after me until I say everybody together. Okay, we'll try it, but it illustrates it. The sower went out to sow. 
to plant some seeds in hopes that they would grow. Now you don't repeat that you sing this with me, but because you don't know it yet, just listen. Some seed fell on the path. Tweet gulp. Can you sing that? Some seed fell on the path. Tweet gulp. Okay, we can get the tweet gulp, okay? The sower went out to sow in hopes the seeds he threw would grow. The sower went out to sow to plant some seeds in hopes that they would grow. Some seeds fell on the rocks. Ouch. Okay, some seeds fell on the rocks. Ouch. Some seed fell on the path. Tweet gulp. The sower went out to sow in hopes the seeds he threw would grow. The sower went out to sow to plant some seeds in hopes that they would grow. Some seeds fell in the weeds. Can you do that? Some seeds fell in the weeds. Some seeds fell on the rocks. Ouch! Some seeds fell on the path. Tweet gulp. The sore went out to sow in hopes the seeds he threw would grow. The sower went out to sow to plant some seeds in hopes that they would grow. Some seeds fell on the good soil. Ah. Some seeds fell in the weeds. Some seeds fell on the rocks. Ouch. Some seeds fell on the path. Tweet gulp. The sower went out to sow in hopes the seeds he Well, the birds ate the seeds on the path. There you go. The sun bird, the seeds on the rocks. Ouch. The seeds in the weeds were choked, you see. But the seed on the good soil grew and grew. Ah, like the word of God in. I couldn't hit it, so I'm glad you did. So. That's the parable he told them. Now, he gave them this great mission, carry the gospel to the world. And he said, I'm going to encourage you here. I'm going to explain to you that there will be resistance. There will be rejection. But I am going to encourage you with the inexplicable results that they knew 30, 60 a hundredfold, that's incredible. And he said, yes, you will sow the seed, and it will fall on the rock, and it will fall on the path, and it will spring up for a little while and then fade away. And it will fall among weeds, and you think it's growing, and then it's choked out. But he said, don't give up. It's encouraging He said, there are some seeds that will produce fruit. 
And so he gave them that encouragement in the first 20 verses. Then in verse 21 he says, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be put on a lampstand? And he goes on and tells them that nothing hidden will remain hidden. It will be revealed. And he's reminding them, I have called you to be the light of the world. In this next account, in verses 21 and 22, And he said, I have called you to be a light, so I don't want you to hide it in the cave. I don't want you just to keep it only in your Bible fellowship. He says, I want you to set it on a lampstand so it gives light to everybody. This is a a divine calling. This is an equipping that he gives to us. And he says, so I'm encouraging you. All of these are to encourage us in the work that God has called us to. Then in verse 26, the parable of the, the seed. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So he gives the parable of the growing seed. And he says, you sow the seed, you go home at night and sleep, and you don't know how this works. But the seed has life, and the seed grows, and it produces fruit. He says, you don't know how, you can't explain it. And he's saying to his followers, you plant the seed. You don't know how I work. You don't know how this happens. Seed that falls in one heart, nothing happens. But in another heart, something grows. And he says, I just want you to know, you can rest in the fact, he's encouraging, that it's not up to you to produce the fruit. And we'll come back and touch on that later. But he's saying, you do the job of planting the seed. You can't explain how it works, but trust me. Then, in verse 30, he says, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, it is smaller than all the seeds of the, on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So, here Jesus is. He has his... His 12 disciples, okay? You talk about starting out small. And he gives to these 12 this, I want you to carry this to preach the gospel to every creature on the face of the earth. Oh my goodness. And especially in the early days and in many days throughout Christian history, 
And in many places today, it's like this is, this is not going to happen. This is not going to get done. How is God's kingdom going to be brought in? And God is encouraging them by just because it's small and just because you can't see it, there is coming a day when this little seed is going to grow and it will be dominant. It will be the power. And there's many things we could go into in that, but time doesn't permit us to. So he he encourages, though it may be small, and you may feel your efforts are small. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But just because it's small doesn't mean it won't be great. And then he closes this chapter with the storm. They got in the boat to sail across to the other side. And Jesus laid down to take a nap, and a horrible storm came up. And these were experienced seamen. These were fishermen. And yet they feared that they were going to die. And they came to Jesus, woke him up, and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I mean... You think of that in asking God, do you not care? And he got up, rebuked the wind and the sea, said, peace be still, and immediately a great calm. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And he was encouraging them in the work. By showing the power of God that we mentioned last week. And he's saying, yep, this is small, but don't limit the power of God. I am the one that can calm the sea. I can do anything. And I'm encouraging you that you think something is impossible. And God says, when it's in my work, I want you to focus on the power of God. So we... We look at these encouraging things and we say, well, what is the problem? Why isn't the gospel going forth like it should? What are we doing wrong? Why is there not a great, great harvest? Well, I want us to note four conclusions from these things that we've looked at. Number one, the power is in the seed, not the sower. The seed is the Word of God. It doesn't tell us anything about the sower. It doesn't tell us how eloquent the sower was. It doesn't tell us what type of clothing he wore. It doesn't tell us anything about him, not his education, His economic standing, nothing. Why? The sower isn't that important other than as a vehicle to get the seed out. The seed is the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Peter said, you are begotten to a lively hope. You were born to a lively hope. 
by the word of God. And Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he said, When I came to you, you did not receive my words as the word of man, but you received them as the word of God. And it was the power of God unto salvation. We sometimes think, oh, to reach people today, what do we need to change? We don't need to change the message. We need to get the message out. We don't need to, to hide the word, so to speak. The word is the power. I've shared many times, I think maybe just recently, but my mother sent a film from North Dakota in to get developed, and somebody in the developing place put the card in, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That was it. And God used that to begin a work in my mother's heart that drove her to seek what is this salvation that brought her to Jesus Christ. I mean, you think of that. The person that put that card in, number one, probably died thinking, Nothing ever happened. I put cards in, cards in, cards in. Nothing ever happened. Until heaven, when they say, there was a little girl living in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, and she got saved. And you can just go down the line. Look at all the impact as a result of that. It's the Word. The seed will produce the fruit. And even though it is opposed, even though it is rejected, (coughs) excuse me, even though it at times is offensive, and the Word does offend, and even though the Word will be betrayed by people, the Word is the key. The power is in the seed. The power is in the Word. Isaiah 55 and verse 11 gives the promise, God's word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what he purposes. Our our job is to sow the seed, and the power is in the seed. Secondly, you as a believer, are a light. So let it shine. Quit comparing yourself to others. Quit comparing, well, they can talk better or they have more knowledge or they have more experience. God has designed you to be a light in specific areas And we need to let our light shine. We need to set it on a candlestick so that it shines. God is writing a unique message in your life that he wants you to deliver. He's not writing the same message in every life. We're all different. We've all had completely different experiences. 
And God is writing a message in your life that he wants to use in many people's lives. And, and many times we believe the lie, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm not very good at this. And No. If you are a child of God, the light Jesus Christ is in you, and you are to let that shine. That means you need to prepare your faith, build your faith, and then use it to bring light to darkness. See, Many times we fail. We emphasize Christ-likeness. We emphasize a humble heart. We emphasize drawing close to God. We emphasize dying to self and serving others and glorifying God. But we fail to bring it all together. The purpose of all of that is that we can present Christ to others, that our light would shine. Our light shines through a humble spirit. Our light shines through serving others. Our light shines through a Christ-like spirit. But the purpose is not to say, wow, I've really been, been trying to live the Christian life, and, and this last week I really died to self. No, it's to come into the darkness and make a difference. And we make a better difference when we're Christ-like. We make a greater difference when we have humility of spirit and so on. The purpose for all of the Christian life is to be a light, to bring good news of forgiveness to a hopeless and helpless people. We, We sang this morning... It is well with my soul. And the second, ver- the second verse, uh, I thought it was the second verse. Yeah, that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. That's the message that we need to carry forth. Christ has has. Regarded, he took notice of my helpless estate and shed his own blood for my soul. And now my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. That's the message that, that we are to carry out, and that's part of being the light. Thirdly, we must faithfully plant the seed and leave the results to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, some plant, some water, but who gives the increase? God. We must know the message of the gospel. We must uh, know Scripture. And we must faithfully deliver it. As we were reminded several weeks ago, every day bring everybody closer to Jesus. That's the reason we're left here. I mean, these are our standing orders. And we must obey them. That's the reason we're left here, to bring the good news to others, that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. 
Can you truly say that your number one priority in life is sharing Jesus Christ? Can you truly say that? Are you passionate about bringing the good news to people? I, I many, many times over and over again have missed the whole point. In fact, for years, the theme of our church, and I just noticed in the Sheraton paper, it's still there. Building godly families. That's not our end purpose. That's a means to an end. Why do we want to build godly families? So we can have fun? No, you have godly families to make an influence in the world, to point people to Jesus. Can we truly say, this is my passion in life? I read this morning about a lady that um, left a ministry that was influencing thousands through her music. And her, her passion was music, but felt God was calling her to serve in a shelter home in Latvia. And she said, deciding to move to Latvia was the first time in my life that I made a conscious decision to do something that had nothing to do with advancing my music. In fact, I was giving up a stage where I reached thousands of people. But when I finally set aside my identity as an artist and simply focused on helping broken people, God placed all kinds of new passions and desires inside me, new skills, new perspective, a deeper compassion, and an ever-expanding renewal of creativity. I realize that I have had it backwards my whole life. Being passionate about music actually doesn't make me passionate. But when I'm passionate about reaching people, Music becomes a creative way in which I can express that passion. See, we're missing it many times because it's not about planting the seed and making a difference in other people. It's about us. There will be rejections. There will be desertions that people that you thought were with Christ will end up leaving it. So what do you do? Quit? No. This is our... God said it would be this way. I'm going to keep planting. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep doing. Our job is not conversion. Our job is planting seeds. We plant and let God take care of the soil of the heart. And we rest in Him. Plant the seeds like the parable said. Go home and sleep at night and be amazed at what God does. We do not get discouraged at the smallness of our work. And then lastly, have faith God's kingdom is coming. Our faith is in God, not in the social atmosphere, not in action, not in methods, and certainly not in our own efforts. Our faith is in God. And it may be a little seed, but it's going to grow, and light is coming regardless of how dark it gets. 
So don't lose sight of God's power. I mean, every one of us here that know Christ are a testimony of God's power to take a self-centered sinner and make them a child of God. Do not despise the day of small things. And he gave this to encourage us because he said, the one thing I want you to do is plant the seeds. Yes, some will tweet golf. Satan will take it away. And some won't last. And some, they'll get distracted with the cares of this world and they're preoccupied. But he said, some will produce fruit. There's so much more in this. But overall, the overriding message here is be encouraged and be in the work of God. That's the one thing he asked us to do. He didn't put in our hands some coins to go to Mr. Camp's store. He put in us the gospel. He entrusted to us the gospel. And someday we will answer to him what we've done with it. Not just what have we received Jesus Christ, but I gave you this great, great message. I have entrusted it to you. What have you done with it? Heavenly Father, what an amazing trust you have given to us. That you have entrusted to us the gospel. And Lord, I pray today, if there is anyone here that has never personally called upon you for the forgiveness of sins, I pray today that they would truly call upon you to save their souls. And then, Lord, for every believer here, help us to realize the great privilege and responsibility we have to have the gospel and to share it with others. Lord, may we be encouraged in it. May we be faithful in it. May we truly let our light shine. And may we be found sowing the seed when you come again, knowing it will be worth it all when we see you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Jason to...